everybody. It's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, October 11th, 2015. We are moving at light speed here, folks. This show was so powerful, so much, so strong, so many things exploding all at once this week. I almost don't even know where to start. If it is only October, what in the hell do they have planned for us for November sweeps? The show is just amazing right now. I cannot tell you how completely glued to my screen I was this week. I mean, it is a good time to be a YNR fan. <laughs> I just have to give total props to the writers. I mean, to everybody involved this week, but I really have to start out by zeroing in on Justin Hartley as Adam. There is no other place to start with this. I mean, this was Justin Hartley's week to become Adam. I mean, as soon as he came onto the scene, <clears throat> it was a not only a recast, but it was a masked version of Adam, almost as if it was a, a, a sort of a new character. But this week, I felt that man become Adam Newman, and it was incredible. I connected with him. I don't know if it's, um, I, you know, I don't know if it was me connecting with the actor or me connecting with the character. I'm not sure if it's because this week was a, was a, was basically every one finger pointing at Adam and finger pointing at each other and I don't know if it's because Adam became the underdog this week and I've always end up rooting for the underdog uh, and, ma and maybe that was intentional on YNR's part to allow us to coalesce around Adam I don't know but it was just so moving and in every single way and it wasn't just uh, the character of Adam it was everyone in this universe around Around him, as I said last week, Adam's big identity reveal is something that affected nearly everybody in Genoa City, and it was not only interesting to watch how it unfolded in Adam and his direct relationships, but how it unfolded with everyone around him. Now I'm watching the show this week, and I, I. Again, I'm thinking about why is this so good right now and what are they possibly going to do when November Sweeks comes around in four weeks or whenever that all starts. It's usually mid-November, right? Uh, I, I think, and I just kept picking up on the fact that I, I, I feel like somebody's going to try to kill Adam. I, I, I just, I'm noticing that at least three different people this week have explicitly said said, I want him dead. I want that man dead. <laughs> and anytime, I guess as an experienced daytime watcher, anytime you hear more than one character say that they want somebody dead or they want to kill somebody, that like that character is going to end up getting shot or getting, or well, I don't know, an attempted murder. And that would almost make complete sense. Everyone in Genoa City has their knives out. And frankly, I think Victor's going to get Adam out of J 
jail, somehow get him off the hook, which means the fair residents of Genoa City are not gonna like it. It's gonna make Victor look terrible. It's gonna look Adam look terrible. Everybody's gonna want him to pay. Everybody's gonna want him back behind bars, and it's not gonna happen. He's gonna be out walking free one way or the other, and they're gonna want justice or revenge or however that tends to take its form. Um, I, I, for some uh, unknown reason, I wasn't even expecting Adam to be arrested. There was this part of me that thought he was, that, that some, I don't know, I, I don't know what I thought, but I was not expecting uh, him to actually go to jail and actually confess and take complete responsibility for his actions. I expected somehow, I suppose, that Adam Newman would snake his way out of it, the way he tends to snake his way out of most things, but that didn't happen. He goes to jail a, a, a wounded bird in so many ways. I mean, the man wants to plead guilty, doesn't even want a lawyer. Michael has to read about it in the paper or read about it online and offer him uh, legal assistance, which I, I kind of liked. I was happy in a way that Michael said, you know what? Everybody deserves a fair trial. Maybe we need to hear Adam's side of the story. And I think as a viewer, I, I wanted to hear that. Because I do feel like YNR, and I think this is more of a hole in the writing or the storytelling, I do feel like YNR did not spend enough time showing us Adam's regret over what happened to Delia. If, 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 if Adam was riddled with regret every day of his life, I don't feel like we have seen it. I think we saw it in the Michael Mooney uh, uh, embodiment of the character, but when YNR did the recast and brought Adam back as Gabe, they really did not show us hardly ever Adam looking at a picture of Delia or going to the crash site. I don't feel like we experienced that as viewers. I think as an Adam fan, I wanted to believe that he had this level of, of, of grief and regret, but I think YNR kind of dropped the ball in really showing us that. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that we maybe needed to hear him talk through his side of the story, and he did. He tells Paul and Christine exactly where he was coming from. He even goes so far as to try to cover for Billy and to not give the details of the whole being held at gunpoint thing. I mean, Billy, on the other hand, is like, yeah, no, I, I wanted him dead. I, I held him captive at gunpoint because I wanted to kill him. I mean, Billy made absolutely no bones about it, but I think out of loyalty to Jack, Adam decided to kind of try to gloss over that side of the story, which I don't think is, obviously Paul and Christine weren't buying it. They already had the gun. They knew uh, what was going to happen. I mean, if they were going to charge Billy over that, I, I, I'm surprised that they wouldn't have done it two years ago. I, I don't know why Adam being alive now really changes what Billy did to him, but I suppose that's a whole nother story. I don't know if Billy would be arrested. I'd, I'd be shocked if Billy was arrested. I was shocked that Adam was arrested, but Victor 
steps in and he decides that he is gonna try to use some leverage over Adam. Of course, of course, Victor would identify an opportunity here. Uh, he decides to tell Adam that he will help him get out of jail on bail if Adam stops the Paragon Project, if he stops the virus from chewing up the bone, chewing up Newman Enterprises and spitting out the bones and completely ruining everything that he's worked for for his entire life, building that company from the ground up. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I really, um, I'm going to get into all of the details and everything that led us here to this point. But I did enjoy uh, the moment in the jail cell where, uh, Vic, you know, at first Adam doesn't doesn't want Victor's help, but Victor comes to Adam and offers it in exchange for this deal of stopping Paragon. And Victor says, you know. You grew up feeling abandoned. I didn't want you to feel that way. I didn't choose to have you live on a farm with your mother. That was her choice. But nonetheless, it had the effect of making you feel about abandoned. Now, I want you to think a minute about how your son is going to feel if you go away to jail and you never see him again. And man, that turned, uh, I mean, that completely turned Adam's attitude on everything. I mean, could Victor have even said anything more convincing? I don't think so. It hit Adam in just the right spot. It hit Adam in the same spot that, 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 caught, that, that, he, I, that he has in common with Victor, in that he, he has this need to protect his family and to be with his family. Um, and, you know, honestly, if we were to believe Adam's retelling of the story, the recounting that he was giving to Paul and Christine, in a lot of ways, Adam kind of tried to sacrifice his own life, his own freedom, so that Connor could see. Uh, you know, Adam's argument was, I didn't come forth about what happened with Delia after the accident because Chloe and Billy were offering the organ transplant to my child, and I didn't want them to take it back. So I think that there is an argument to be made that Adam was deciding, you know what, I will go to jail. I'll completely take the heat for this, but I need my son to be protected. I want him to have a life, even if it means that I will lose mine. And then, he, of course, he went on and, 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 and even admitted, then after that, I just went into self-preservation mode. I just didn't want anyone to know. Um, so again, I think that's a very powerful argument coming from Adam. I think it's an argument that we needed to hear in order to have like some resolution on, on, on what's going on. And, and that, that doesn't mean I'm in, I'm totally in camp, Adam. I'm going to go over all of this before, before the angry comments or whatever start flying. I'm going to talk about it all, but I, I, I think, um, it's important to try to see things from everybody's perspective. Now, I, I, I'm assuming Vic, uh, that, that, that Adam's probably going to be out on bail <laughs> by, by the time Monday or Tuesday's show rolls around. But uh, it, it's interesting how Adam's attitude really, really changed in that moment because he made this impassioned call to Chelsea. Uh, his one phone call from jail was to Chelsea and he didn't um, even let, you know, she didn't even say a word. It was all him saying what he needed 
needed to say to her. And it was basically, I want you to move on with your life. Take Connor, do what you've got to do, but get a fresh start. I want that for you. I never wanted any of this sorrow for you. I've caused you more pain than I ever intended. Um, and I, I just want you to know that I'm uh, essentially I'm not going to try to fight. You know, I'm rolling over. I'm putting my belly in the air. Uh, I just want you to be happy. And then after that, uh, that, you know, Victor went in and pushed the one button that he knew that he could push. It completely changed Adam's attitude. Chelsea happened to come to the jail to visit him. And wow, wow, wow. The Chelsea visit at the jail. Oh my God, it just blew my mind. I mean, first, first of all, you can tell that she feels completely betrayed and but yet she loves the man she's so torn he changes his tune and starts to ask to be able to see Connor one more time it's his one request from her which by the way I will say knowing Adam it's one request and then after you fulfill that request it's another request and then another I mean you can't give the, the man a little bit of, of, of rope he'll ask for more but um, it was just so interesting that he asked for one thing and she says no I can't I can't I cannot uh, let you see Connor and um, you know it's it's tough it's tough uh, because I kind of I can see both sides of the situation I can sense how torn she is I mean my god oh my god that last kiss am I the only one that was just like uh, I mean my head practically exploded loaded when she denies his request to see Connor sort of denies the the, the, the any sort of future with him she it, it's clear that she's saying goodbye she goes to the door and then she turns around and they just have this kiss and it wasn't even just one kiss it was many kisses I mean you know like there was totally uh, it was like sexual and emotional and spiritual chemistry in that room in that moment it was like amazing I couldn't believe it but followed by her again looking him in the face and says what I need what I need from you is for you to stay dead to me oh, she turns around and walks out the door my god that was so good <laughs> oh that was just like the moment of the week for me but I think we have a question that needs to be answered here. Is Chelsea making the right decision? And that's my question that I'd like to pose to you guys. Um, I don't think that Chelsea is um, a victim in any way of Adam because I think she's participated very willingly in uh, in his world. But at the same time, I can understand why she would want to make that clean break from him. I mean, you know, it's 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 a tough question. I I think she definitely pulled out her support. For, from Adam at a certain point. I mean, she hit her wall. She, she, you know, hit the one thing that she just couldn't handle anymore, which was the lies. And then she just pulled out completely from her partnership with him um, and, and, and a family with him in every single way. So my question for you guys this week is, should Chelsea let Adam see Connor? And I actually put that up as a poll at yrchat.com, and I would love to know how you feel about that. So should Chelsea let Adam see Connor, or, or do you feel like he needs to respect 
her her wishes and let her move on with her life. Uh, I, I'm so excited to hear what you guys think about that. Uh, so whyourchat.com is where that poll is. And I, I, I'm so interested because I think that's also going to give me a good pulse on why you might, you know, how you actually really feel about the character of Adam. Because there's certainly a difference between what we want to see as viewers and how we feel about a character. There's, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's how we see a character on screen and how we might react to a person that was exactly the same in real life. So how do you feel about that? Um, do you think Adam still deserves to be a part of Connor's life? So, so much has happened this week, and I, I, I hope nobody's relying on me for an actual storyline recap, <laughs> because it's just, it was so intense, it was so much information that I feel like I'm not going to do the, the best job of recapping, and I feel like all I can really offer you is my reaction to the insanity that exploded on my screen this week. So, I... I, I've asked myself, like, I mean, how do I go back to Monday's show and do a blow-by-blow blow on everything that happened? And I feel like I can't really do that. So I think I'm going to maybe frame most of the rest of this conversation about Adam under a, a, a little bit of a let's just talk about the characters kind of heading. Because I, I think one of the reasons that I watch YNR and I'm drawn to stories like this, and I think one of the reasons why... I'm able to, I think, sort of pull off why in our chat is because I, I'm, I'm an empathetic person. I really always have been able to just sort of put myself into someone else's shoes and I get it. I just understand. I mean, I try really hard to understand where people are coming from um, and, and, and that nothing is really ever black and white. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a reason. And we've had this sort of uh, uh, conversation over the past maybe two, two, three, four weeks about the villains and the heroes on YNR. And I think more than just watching the show and digesting all of the little moves that have happened, I think the thing that sticks with me most about watching this week's show is the fact that maybe there really are no villains Maybe there really are no heroes. I mean, we talked about it two, three weeks ago. You guys were telling me who your favorite villain was. And even, I think, the very worst villain that you can think of has a story, has a backstory. Sheila, Ian, Patty. I mean, I'm looking at Patty this week, and I'm thinking, you know, that we see her as this great, great villain, but she's got a lot of pain in there, too. So I think one of the amazing takeaways from this week's show is just, I think we are not necessarily watching some classic hero versus villain, black versus white sort of thing. I think what we're really watching are stories about people 
and the things that happen in their lives. I mean, if it was one dimensional, I don't think we'd enjoy it quite as much. So, uh, you know, I, so I think the way I'm going to talk about the rest of the whole Adam situation is is just to kind of zero in on each character and how uh, they've been affected, and maybe talk about the pros and the cons. Because if I come at you and say Adam is a villain, Billy is a hero, uh, Chelsea is a victim, uh, Victor's a bad guy, bad father. I mean, it's that's so black and white. I mean, I feel like the best that I could give you is to kind of try to talk honestly and evenly and balanced about all of the different characters. I got a uh, voicemail very early in the week from Gina, who leaves me just these um, such so much fun, fun voicemails. Uh, and, and, and what she said, I think it had to have been uh, maybe like Sunday or Monday that I got the voicemail. But she actually was arguing that she was not uh, happy about the Adam identity reveal, that it happened at all. Uh, she was kind of saying, you know, I, I, I just I, I didn't want his identity to be to be revealed. And I, I, on you know, by like the time I heard that on Monday's show, as I'm watching Monday's show, I'm thinking, what? Why would you not want to have this huge impact? Uh, I mean, it's like a crater. It's like a comet hit Y&R and left this big old crater. It's so fantastic. But as the week got into kind of midweek, I started to like really understand what she was saying, uh, or at least sort of uh, do an adaptation of that of my own, because here we are with the whole Gabe with the with the whole Gabriel Bingham thing with the whole you know even Michael you know the last and before the recast Michael Mooney stuff I feel like the last two years we've almost been living in an illusion almost like living in a in a universe where uh, we got to see no real uh, resolution on the Delia situation. I, I mean, obviously, think you know, it had effects to characters, but I never felt like the story got resolved. And I feel like a lot of you guys, see, you know, kind of had that impression too, like there was something more to it, or that there was a hole somewhere, or that something had to come in and tie it all up with a pretty little bow, and that just never happened. And when Adam came back as Gabriel, I, it was it was almost like YNR was saying, let's pretend this never happened. Let's, let's see what we can do to bring Adam back onto the scene without the repercussions. I mean, we all knew that when Adam came back, if he was still alive, he was gonna have to, to quote unquote pay or be punished or stand trial for what happened with Delia. And I think when YNR gave us Adam with this Gabriel mask on, what they were giving us was a, a, an illusion. Uh, uh, let's see what it would look like if Adam still got to come back to Genoa City and resurrect his romance with Chelsea, continue with his revenge quest on Victor, continue his friendship with Jack. And all of it was just this walking, sleepy illusion that surely was never going to last. I mean, they made it last for a year. <laughs> it's almost shocking that uh, that they did. And now here we are. 
and the illusion is over. It has all been busted up. So, you know, we have to dig back in to that really painful moment of Delia's death. And and as I'm you know, sort of uh, watching the show midweek, thinking about Gina's comment, I'm realizing, you know, there is a part of me that maybe that, that, that enjoyed living under that illusion because, you know, the second that Adam's identity revealed, we had to kick up all that dust again about Delia's death and I didn't realize until midweek that that's really what it meant that we were going to have to relive it all again and it was it's such a painful memory I wish YNR never would have done it I think they made a huge mistake in ever killing Delia and ever associating any of the main characters with it why why did they do it I would have been so happy if they just I mean would have had some third party character have done it and had them go off the show. It was so unnecessary. It's caused so much pain for all of the characters. It's caused so much dissension between Y and our fans. I mean, as someone who sort of gets, you know, people t- commenting at me, I, uh, I um, experience people vehemently supporting Adam. I experience people vehemently against Adam. And it's, you know, it's, it, it's, there's some, there's anger there from the fans that I just, I forgot about it. Like I was talking Talking about it at the time when Delia's death happened, and it was painful. It was hard to talk about. It was hard to skirt. You know, I mean, I, again, I try to be even uh, because because there's nothing I could say that's going to make every single body, every single person happy. There's nothing I can say that's going to make everybody agree with me, and I'm not trying to do that. I just want to be even. And and so, uh, you know, as I'm watching midweek, I'm like, damn, I'm gonna have to talk about all that again, and I don't want to. There's a part of me that's like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go over the the you know was Adam right was Adam wrong who's who's the villain who's the villain who's the hero because it doesn't exist um I put a poll up at uh the last poll up at YNR chat excuse me yrchat.com was do you want to see Adam pay for Delia's death and I will admit to you I was surprised by the results the two uh options were yes it's time for Adam to pay and no he's already been punished enough 71% of YNR chatters, and that's typically just people, I don't do any promotion, I don't talk to people who, you know, outside of of the YNR chat universe, but 71% of you said no, he's been punished enough, and I don't necessarily know if that means uh, I don't, uh, I, I feel connected to the character, I understand the character, I don't want him to pay, or if it's, I don't want to see it on my screen, I'm not, uh, that's sort of the reason why I put that other poll, uh, why, why I think the new poll will be interesting, because I, I want to understand, is it that we support, is it that we support the character of Adam, or is it that we um, don't want to necessarily just see a long drawn out trial, and more people picking on Adam, and you know, I, I'd, I'd love to get some more um, insight on that, if anybody you know, wants to comment on that too. Um, you can always go back there and leave me a comment and sort of elaborate on that. I think it'd be uh, very, very interesting. But um, yeah, so I, I, again, I kind of think we can't really identify Adam as just this 
black villain because it's not really the case. It's certainly not that he didn't have uh, a point of view at the time, and it's certainly not that everybody around Adam is nothing but a victim because they're not. I, I don't think that's um, I don't think that's how it works. And I, I guess the first person again, just kind of playing again on that poll is is Chelsea. I I I think that I've heard a lot of people coming at coming at me saying Chelsea knew what she was getting into when she married Adam. And I agree. I mean, I think that's a really, really strong and valid point. Uh, not only the first time. I mean, maybe, maybe you could give Chelsea an out for how, uh, for her, the first part of her relationship, because I do think Adam and Chelsea's relationship started under a guise of, we both want to be good now. I mean, if you think back to when they just first got together, it was Adam saying, I don't want to be this anymore. I want to just be simple. I want to just be in love. I want to be a good guy. And Chelsea saying, I don't want to con people anymore. I just want to just want to have a life and a family and let's just be good now. Uh, and Adam more, than I think, than Chelsea really changed during the course of their relationship. And he slowly started reverting back to being Victor Newman Jr. But when he came back into town and under the, uh, uh, you know, and revealed himself as Adam, not Gabe, uh, Chelsea had a choice. She didn't have to take him back. And she most certainly did. She most certainly dipped her toes back into that uh, sticky, sticky pool. So, uh, you know, and, and especially as, you know, Phyllis was kind of uh, really, really needling Chelsea. She was really digging into her and, and making Chelsea feel guilty for uh, for her involvement with Adam. Um, and, and it is it is true. She did make that choice. Um, and, and, and again, um, I, I kind of feel like uh, I, I understand her, though, in a way that she felt betrayed like at this I I, I, I both agree that she's culpable but I uh, and she ain't in a bed at him I mean frankly if we're looking let I me mean, if we take the the con on Chelsea first or she she she, she aided in a bed him she didn't tell anybody that he was really Adam and when she did um you know she she ended up kind of destroying more and wreaking more havoc uh, but uh, uh, the sort of pro Chelsea is I also do kind of understand that she felt like a fool. She felt like a fool. Like, because Adam continually was trying to tell him, I'm not, tell her, I'm not lying to you. I, you know, I, I, um, I love you. I'm changed. <laughs> I don't want to be that bad guy anymore. And she trusted him and she tried. And I think she wanted to put her family first. And that meant trusting Adam. And yet it ended up getting her kicked in the gut. Uh, she, I, not only that, but I also understand her desire to protect her family. It's the same desire that Adam has, that Victor has. So in, in some ways, I can also empathize with her as a mother, maybe not wanting to have uh, Connor in Adam's life. And again, do we, you know, do you feel like, um, like Adam deserves to be in his son's life, good or bad? Or are there circumstances where you say, my son's father is messed up, and it's, I'm the primary guardian, and I need Need to take responsibility and 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 cut it off at a certain point. So I think it's a really interesting and important uh, question. Uh, I will say also that um, I I did kind of. I think Weiner did it intentionally, sort of gave us some, gave us the pros and cons throughout the week because we had Phyllis lying in 
to Chelsea, uh, but then we also had Abby befriending Chelsea and going out of her way uh, uh, to, to try to uh, understand her and in fact going to Victor and convincing Victor to give Chelsea her company back, which again was so easy. It was one of those like, wow, that happened in a scene uh, of the Victor. Can you even imagine? Abby basically goes, Dad, I think you should give Chelsea her company back. I mean, I know you should give Chelsea her billion-dollar company back. And Victor goes, okay. I mean, please. It's, it's so um, implausible. But there, there definitely was something about uh, that I appreciated about Abby uh, deciding to befriend Chelsea. I think, and again, everybody, everybody maybe needs an enemy and a supporter at the same time. Billy is not blameless. I think that we have connected with Billy's loss over his child. But I do think also in the same way that Adam's grief over Delia has been a little whitewashed since the recast by, by YNR, I think that Billy's culpability and guilt on his own end has been whitewashed too. Um, there's there's no way around the fact that Adam did hit Delia with his car. Um, we can't deny that. We can't change that. Uh, but I haven't heard Billy talking about how he left her in a car unattended at night. Um, and again, this is this is not about me defending or uh, or 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 co condemning any of the characters. My attempt here is to try to talk about it from both angles because that Billy versus Adam confrontation in the athletic club. I mean, the initial right away, Billy finds out he goes to Adam, he confronts him. It was so intense, and I. I found myself feeling my heartstrings being pulled for Billy um, because I do feel like Adam in that situation was really looking at Billy with disdain. I mean, I think it's kind of clear that there's this uh, intense rivalry between Adam and Billy. And I'm thinking, why, you know, why does Adam hate Billy so much? Because he shot him? Is that it? I mean, he, he did kill the man's daughter and cover it up. Uh, and, and, and the, you know, it, there's no, again, no way around that. And I, I haven't felt the pity coming from Adam. I mean, cannot, Adam pity Billy and understand his loss, uh, and I and and so I I as I was watching that scene, I, I definitely was kind of zeroing in on the man who lost his child. But I do appreciate that later in the week, Adam did kind of try to uh, to to help Billy out and 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 not talk about the fact that he had him at gunpoint. The 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 thing is. And again, I I almost I hate talking about this part of the story because I can't be rounded enough. You know, people will probably only hear the things that they don't agree with. Um, and and I and I, it's just been such a totally totally divisive story. Uh, but I will I will say this: it's not Adam's fault that he hit 
Delia. I think that, the, again, I, I hate going back to this night. I don't, even want, I don't really even want to talk about it, but I will give you my official stance. I mean, it's not Adam's fault that he ran over Delia. Billy left a little girl unattended in a car at night and she wasn't locked in, wasn't appropriately supervised. She ran out into the road. There's no way, no way that Adam could have known that she was there. I mean, he didn't even know that he hit her until he got home. The problem is that Adam continued to cover it up. He lied about it and then he lied about it and then he lied about it some more. And then he stated responsibility, stated taking responsibility for it by doing this whole assumed identity thing and, 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 and living back in Genoa City trying to go on with his life as though it never happened. Um, and, and that's where the problem lies. So again... I hope we don't have to go over it a bajillion different times. Uh, and again, that's sort of one of the reasons why I'm not looking forward to a trial. I'm not really looking forward to continuing to talk about it. I wish there was some sort of easy way out. Um, I think that, uh, you know, when, if we're kind of zooming in on Billy's culpability here, uh, Billy is enraged. Billy has always been enraged about what happened, but I 100% do think that Billy has projected a lot of his own guilt onto Adam. Um, I, I think that rather than really think about how he messed up, how his actions did lead and were the primary uh, a, a leader toward his daughter being in the road and being put into a dangerous situation. I think that rather than dealing with that, uh, I think he's projected a lot of his anger and a lot of his disgust onto Adam. And I, again, I understand though, I understand how that would be an easy target. He certainly would not be the only person to, to, do, to do that, uh, to, to deal with pain in that way. I can't imagine being able to comprehend uh, having done that or, or having accidentally uh, started that chain of events that would cause your, you know, lead to your daughter's death. I can't begin to understand the guilt that any of these people uh, must be feeling. And, and it would be boring to, and, 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 and heart-wrenching to have to watch YNR, go, you know, giving us nothing but guilt and, oh, Delia, and, oh, mourning of Delia all the time. I just think they could have done a little bit better of a job of, of following up on those emotions. And I just don't think they did. Um, so, again, going back to the night of Delia's death, I, I don't think we're looking at a bad guy versus good guy situation. I think we're just looking at a situation and the way people reacted to it. Billy reacted wrong. Adam reacted wrong. They're both wrong. We're all kind of wrong uh, at the end of the day. I, I do, one thing I do uh, appreciate is the fact that rather than have total vengeance on Adam and just, I mean, uh, Billy beat his ass. <laughs> Billy let him have it and then beat his ass and Adam took it. He, not, I mean, he, could, he didn't fight back. He could have, but he didn't. I think Adam felt like, fine, fine. And, and, and in fact, you know, he was uh, in some ways just saying, kill me, I'm already dead. I think he even said something very, very similar, like, go ahead, Billy, do what you must. You, you've been wanting to feel free, um, which was such a, such a t totally powerful moment. Um, 
And I think uh, it's good that Billy didn't decide to go through with that. Jack stopped him, of course. But I like that Billy didn't really pursue it. He sort of decided to go to the police and let them handle it. I think that was a really smart move. But again, I think that that anger was only sidetracked. I think that Billy said, okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to let him get justice. But if that justice is removed, if Victor gets Adam out on bail, I think that we're going to be right back where we started. And I think Billy is going to be wanting that retribution again. Uh, luckily, Victoria is there to keep him balanced out. It has actually been really, really nice um, to, to see them reconnecting as a family. And again, it's sort of like, it's weird. We're right back to where we were two years ago. The illusion is gone, and we're now just dealing with the, the repercussions. This is what Billy and Victoria should have done when Delia died. They should have connected over their family. They should have bonded. I don't think she could have done anything to reel him in anymore. Uh, I mean, Billy was going to do what Billy was going to do, uh, but it certainly has been nice to see them uh, reinforced. You know, it, the, the Delia situation pulled them apart, but I am liking seeing them coming back together. I can't say that Victor is father of the year. <laughs> I can't. Uh, and, and I think in some ways I'm sort of reconciling my, everybody knows I'm a Victor fan, but I th maybe it's that I'm an Eric Braden fan. <laughs> uh, I saw this, uh, again, Gina posted a video interview of Victor on my Facebook page, or sorry, with Eric Braden on my Facebook page, uh, if you want to go see it. It was just like a short little video, but I really tend to sort of stay away from uh, anything that the actors have to say. Like, I try to keep my fantasy a fantasy, and I don't like to stray out uh, because I've had it happen before where I've seen an interview with one of the actors or actresses and I something rubbed me wrong and then it, it, it bled through into my enjoyment of the character of YNR and I just don't want that I like to keep my you know I like to just keep it like keep my show I want to watch watch it I don't want to I don't want to like or dislike any of the actors but I, I but I think I do like Eric Br I don't again I don't even know if I like him as a person I just I mean the man I, I watched this short interview with him and it's like the man was born in I, th I think he was born in Germany 1941 and I, I don't even think I ever thought about that how hard has Eric's Eric Braden's life probably been you know I mean his life has probably been 10 times harder than Victor's life uh, so it's just I do tend to want to connect in with Victor but I'm also not going to argue to to you that he's been a great father to Adam or any of his other kids. It was straight up creepy the way Victor was standing there on looking the, with, while Billy beat Adam up. It was, I mean, just standing there sort of with his hands in his pocket. It was, it, it was really, really strange. But the part of it that I really enjoyed was the surprisingly candid conversation that they both had down at the bar <laughs> afterwards. I mean, it, it was so, I, I feel like 
like the compelling, the, the truly, truly compelling part of the story for me is Victor versus Adam. I somehow uh, really enjoy the father versus son dynamic, and I think that, uh, that, that this has been a successful, Victor versus Adam has been a successful telling of that story, and now that I'm kind of connecting in strongly with Justin Hartley as Adam, I mean, even that, the, the follow-up scenes of Victor visiting Adam in the jail, I think those two really make a nice set of enemies. I mean, there is something in the room that I'm that I'm sensing when I when I see those two together. So um, again, I mean, I think we could go on for a million billion years about all of the things Victor's done wrong, all of the things Victor's done right. But at the end of the day, again, I think we're 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 just dealing with shades of gray. Victor wasn't a father to Adam, and whether or not Hope wanted to have Victor involved in Adam's life really doesn't matter. If Victor was Mr. Family Man, Mr. My Family is Everything Important to Me, why didn't he extend that kindness to Adam? It's a, a completely valid argument, and I do appreciate that in some ways the fatherhood that Adam didn't receive, although, by the way, he did have a father. <laughs> I'm just, you know, me being a continuity geek, he did have a father figure. He was perfectly safe. Like, the guy who raised him was a really nice guy, and he was good to him and Hope. I mean, Adam was probably way better off being raised on the farm, no matter how resentful he seems to feel about it. But um, I, I do appreciate that the fatherhood that Adam is, has been maybe missing and wanting and, and looking for uh, has sort of been established in Jack. And again, although I think that's uh, sort of more of a recent addition to the storyline and not even in that far of a recent past, um, I think it's I, I think it's an interesting part of the story that Jack is the one or, or one of the ones who is in support of Adam again all week. It's knives out toward Adam. Jack and Chelsea were really the, the only people who were there to support him and to try to present his side of the situation. And Jack did so at his own peril. He did so, uh, in doing so, he kept a secret from Phyllis. He kept a big secret from Billy. Um, and, and so it's kind of interesting to think about Jack's culpability in this situation. What, you know, you know did Jack do or not do the right thing in in not telling. Um, Jack, Jack is certainly no he's not a father of the year. I mean, frankly, he, he's paying more attention to Adam than he does to Kyle or Kimo or any of his other, or I think those are his only two kids. Uh, but at the same time, I like that he was zeroing in on Adam and being someone there to support him. And Jack is the only one who really calls Victor out on the, his relationship with Adam. That it is, in part, the way that it is because of Victor's reaction. And I say in part in a, in a very big way, because I think I think both Victor and Adam have, have have been hugely have hugely contributed to the uh, disintegration of their relationship. But Jack definitely call, you know calls Victor out and says you know you're just using him and you're just manipulating him to get to what you want. I don't think that Victor's going to stand up in that courtroom on Monday's show and say, Judge, release my 
son because he believes in Adam when he wants to support him. I think Victor's going to do it because it's a means to an end to save his company. And that's what he seems to care a whole lot more about uh, than his son. Although I could go off on a whole nother rant about why Adam did or excuse me, why Victor did offer Adam the keys to his kingdom and all the ways that Adam screwed it up and all the ways that Adam was ungrateful. I can, uh, again, I can go back and forth. Nobody in the Adam and Victor relationship is blameless. Nobody's the hero. Uh, but I think it makes an interesting contrast to throw Jack into that father versus son dynamic. Uh, I feel bad that after John's death, Jack really became a role model to Billy and he tried very, very hard. And yet it's sort of destroying his relationship with Billy now. I, I um, like that it seems to have made his relationship with Phyllis stronger. There was a moment where they decided we're not going to let this become a problem for us. We're going to get bonded back together in sort of a similar way to what happened with Billy and Victoria. So this this reveal of Adam's identity both uh, destroyed and created new bonds problem is that we're going to see major dissension, major problem uh, in that relationship with Jack and Billy. If Jack continues to support Adam in any way, Billy's going to see that as an ultimate betrayal. And we all know Adam's going to be out walking around very, very soon. And Billy's going to have all of this rage that he's going to have to deal with. And I think rather than seeing Jack as someone who can help him, I think Billy is going to see Jack as just another enemy. Sage has been a hard one to peg. She came onto the scene and I got the impression that she was a bad girl. I really thought that Sage was going to have some secret that needed to come out bigger than Adam's identity. And we've slowly, so far, been revealing Sage to actually be an upstanding character. Yes, she played a role. She has demons and angels on, on her shoulder, too. She played a role in helping Adam cover up his identity. Yet, at the same time, I find empathy for her in the way she describes finding love with Nick. Uh, she, this is something she's never had, uh, and she didn't want to destroy it. And in fact, as, uh, as the truth came out about Adam's identity, and it was revealed to Nick that Sage knew all along, by Victoria, by the way, which, I mean, Victoria was such a biatch <laughs> in that big reveal scene. I cannot even let it go unsaid. Victoria clearly uh, did, did not appreciate Sage invo Sage's involvement. Victoria seemed way more mad than Nick. I mean, Nick was like silently seething with anger while Victoria got her claws out immediately. It was fabulous in some ways. I mean, I, I, I like Victoria in that way. I, again, I don't like, I wouldn't want to be around Victoria. I wouldn't want to hang around her. She's, she's, she was a total biatch. <laughs> but I kind of, I, I like, I found it entertaining. We'll just say that. But, um, so Sage, though, she has the most classic excuse uh, that women, of why women on soaps do anything ever. I mean, the, the excuse is as old as daytime itself. Older, probably as older as, as, as storytelling. Sage didn't tell Nick about Adam's identity because she thought if she told him the truth, she would lose him. 
How many different scenarios can you think of that fit that sentence? I didn't tell you the truth because I didn't want to lose you. It's a repeating theme. So I don't find, you know, guilt or I don't find her to be an unlikable character uh, because of that. I mean, I've seen it over and over and certainly there are signs and examples of, of, of redemption everywhere. Uh, so, you know, did Sage do a wrong thing? Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, did Sage have her heart in the right place? in a lot of other ways, yes. Um, certainly, Nick is no victim here. I mean, Nick's got this whole woe is me speech about a woman deceiving him and even accusing Sage of switching the paternity test results when it's a page out of the book of Nick. I mean, Nick's done the exact same thing. Nick's lied. Nick's cheated. Nick's got a whole laundry list of things that he's done wrong too. So you you can't, like, again, none of these people are victims ever. There's not one single person on this show who who is at all blameless, but it's interesting to see the themes start to pop up of someone being a villain and then turning to be a hero. I mean, we had uh, Sage. I love the way she handled the, the the confrontation with Nick. She said, "You know what? If you think so little of me, if you think I'd just you know that everything that I would do is a lie, you know, if you think I'd switch the paternity test results in addition to you know helping Adam, then I'm gone. I'm out." And she left him, and she was prepared. She's like, I'll get my things. I'll be out of your house. I'll see you later. And and she did. She left. She goes to the park. She has this uh, very emotional fight with Adam where she's pushing him and, and, and really, again, resenting him for her involvement in what in the whole identity reveal. Again, it was an outward lashing of her really being at him, of her really being mad at uh, herself. But then we have her go into premature labor, which right there in the park, I mean, it was like the lamest labor ever. Have you ever, th it, was, it was like literally fade effect babies born um, and, not, and the baby's not crying. And we see Adam, becoming the hero in that moment the villain becomes the hero again it, you, you can't you can't even you use those terms in some ways how can someone be both he saves the baby's life he gets sage to the hospital and uh i mean certainly not all is forgiven but it's clear that we're seeing themes of redemption when it comes to uh when it comes to adam i mean nick has to learn that he has a son from adam's lips uh, that was certainly a moment. Um, so, again, I guess... Uh, stepping into a, some... Now we can kind of get more into storyline juice as opposed to character-driven things. Um, first of all, I think that... I, I don't see... How did we get to the point of... Okay, Sage lied about uh, Adam's identity and she did have a paternity test result... Uh, but how is it not, how are we resolved on the fact that it's Nick's? Basically, Sage just said, it's your baby, Nick. And then it seemed like everybody believed it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Victoria insisted on a second paternity test result, uh, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Uh, but I think the other uh, sort of character thing within this story is Nick's development. Um, I am really wondering, 
if we're on the cusp of seeing a different kind of Nick, at the very end of last week's show, uh, Nick and Victor were at the bar, and Nick's going on and on about how uh, Adam doesn't deserve to be a Newman, and he's really, really talking a lot about Newman. And then Sage, uh, well, the baby's born, but it's preemie, and Sage goes to see her child for the first time and announces that she wants to name the baby Christian uh, after Victor's birth name. I knew immediately. The words left her lips, and I'm like, oh, she's naming her child after Victor. What is she thinking? <laughs> you spent all these months being afraid of Victor. And she had this big speech, too, at the at, when her, uh, at the bar when her involvement with Adam was revealed, and she said, yeah, I'm carrying a Newman. Lucky me. And it was such a great, great moment. And then all of a sudden, she wants to name her child after Victor. That was just so strange to me. And it was this tender moment with the YNR music over it. And I, I just feel like the fact that Nick's even okay with that is such a strange, I think, signaling of what's going to change with his character. I mean, why so Why does Nick care about the child being a Newman now? I mean, I, I kind of wonder if maybe we're going to see a softer version of Adam and maybe, maybe finally start to see some of those Victor-esque qualities in Nick for a change, uh, which he's somehow managed to dodge over the years. Um... Certainly, I I uh, loved and appreciated the scene with Victor coming in to see his grandchild for the first time. And again, reiterating, he's a Newman. You're a Newman. You're going to fight. You're like a Newman. Uh, and uh, and maybe that's going to give him some way to bond with Nick. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I thought Eric Braden, of course, did a great job. Uh, the man is the king of daytime. You've got to give it to him, whether you like the character or not. My God, he was good in that scene. Um, <laughs> I swear... I think YNR must have got some kind of discount on, like, medical supply props. Because, <laughs> like, there was definitely a BOGO sale on those IV bags. They're all over the place. And then they decided to spring for that animatronic preemie baby that's actually breathing. Gee, you'd never know that Sharon was pregnant as she's, like, walking around in that little white tee and those tiny little jeans. Like, she should be probably four months pregnant and she's still rocking a size two. <laughs> Come on, people. Figure it out. Dylan, you, I mean, you know, I know that you're not a father, but surely it's occurred to you that, uh, that uh, she should be showing by now. No, he goes to the hospital um, thinking he's going to pick Sharon up, take her home, and Sharon reveals, no, I, I think I'm going to stay at the hospital. I'm feeling really good right now. I'm getting this great new medicine. I'm just feeling real positive. Uh, the doctors reaffirmed that she's pregnant, yet Patty is hanging around in the background thinking, something's not right. They've got her real doped up, and I know the dope. I've been doped up many, many times. Uh, I did enjoy Dylan meeting Aunt Patty for the first time. Um, that was just fantastic. And for once, Patty's not the crazy one. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's it's totally suspicious that the doctor, uh, first of all, told Sharon that she's pregnant. Um, she's messing with her. She's trying to make Sharon think she's pregnant when she knows for a fact that Sharon's not pregnant. And then we had that suspicious scene at the hospital where that doc where Sharon's doctor runs into Nick and they have this little moment where Nick look looks at her and says do I do I know you mm-hmm 
checking on uh, on Sage's baby, you know, because Sharon's concerned, and we all want Sharon to get better. And Nick, uh, Nick says to her, well, you know, good, because Faith needs her mom. And the doctor replies, yeah, everybody needs their mother. Or all children need their mother. Something like that. Which I, I, I find suspicious, and my theory, <laughs> my theory now is that She's a little too young. She's not Nick's age. She's a little younger. I think that doctor is the daughter of the woman who broke her neck at Nick's big old pool party. And now this lady's coming back for revenge. Hillary slash Ann Turner style. Does Neil think that Hillary is just going to pop up out of her medical coma and absolve him of everything that's happened? All is forgiven. <laughs> I mean, thank you, Neil. Thank you for not getting me the proper medical attention in order to save your own butt. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the fact that you have kept me isolated in a dirty boathouse and away from my, the, anyone who, anybody who cares about me, from away from my new husband and my family for weeks. Really? Neil belongs in Fairview, right beside Patty and Sharon. He's lost it. It's not logical. And the fact that, like, it is ridiculous to me that Gwen just started dating Neil and she's willing to risk her entire life for him. She's up to it. She's in it up to her ears at this point. She's stealing medical supplies. She's sitting with Hillary when Neil's gone. If Neil goes down for this, Gwen is going too. I want this to be over. I was into it at first. Um, I just want the actress to come back so we can pop her up out of the coma and do what we need to do. I frankly would rather YNR not touch this story for a week or two than continue on this path. I just, I'm, I'm, it's so absurd to me and I'm just ready to be done with it. When is he going to get caught? Um, the, the, Dylan had the brilliant idea, uh, and Paul, of putting a tracker device into the IV bags that keep go going getting stolen Gwen goes uses her sister's badge to get him takes steals the supplies and comes back you know comes back to the boathouse you know getting ready to lead the cops right to him Neil's magically able to stop this and thwart this by finding the tracker device and smashing it and then on the side we've got this ransom note that showed up um like, uh, Javon's got this ransom note. They say they want a million dollars and they'll return Hillary. And Dylan goes and facilitates the drop of this money and tackles the guy. And yet we don't know who it is. What's the deal with the ransom note? I, I, I don't like part of me is like, is it Neil? Is it is it Gwen? Is, is there any chance that Devon's doing this? Devon and, and Dylan are doing this as a as a way to flush out who's really got Hillary. I'm confused. Whew. Let's read some comments. Let's hear what you guys have to say. Uh, Aaron on YouTube says, I was so on Gwen's side this week until she told us she's in love with Neil. WTF? 
The guy stole from your sister and almost got her fired from her job and is holding Hillary hostage for months in her dream house. <laughs> and her reaction to all of this is, I love you, Neil. <laughs> I really couldn't have said it myself. The Gwen part of the storyline is what really, really falls apart for me. Um, Simone said, on YouTube says, how good must Neil be in the sack to have Gwen lose every single ounce of common sense? <laughs> you know, I like the character of Gwen. I was glad that YNR brought her back, but this sudden fascination with Neil after barely knowing him makes no sense to me. Um, Daisy on Facebook says, I do find it plausible that Gwen is trying to get Devon's money and that it may be her friend who's in the hoodie. Another theory is the pilot. He knows where Hillary is and now he knows Devon is loaded. Um, I actually really like the idea that Gwen could be behind it. And when Neil accused her of, uh, of, of sending the ransom note, I immediately thought, yes, yes, give me something here. Give me something to latch on to with Gwen that's not just she's some dumb girl who just fell in love with Neil, who's like fall, falling in love with a creep, falling in love with a guy who's committing this heinous crime. <laughs> I'd much rather her be a money grubby. And the fact that she uh, dated Devon, uh, trying to pretend to be his girlfriend for a while. I mean, maybe she was dirty all along. I kind of like that idea. Uh, Eric called in, actually, I think this was last week to my voicemail, and said, something's up with Sharon's nurse. That doctor could be someone from the past, someone connected to Ian. And that's actually, I gotta give it to you, Eric, because you called that, uh, aka Nippy Fan, uh, you called that, like, two, two weeks ago. I mean, before this even started coming up, like, the second the doctor gave Sharon that injection, you were on it. I was not, let me tell ya. Um, Jillian also sent me an email saying, I think Sharon's doctor is the girl that Nick pushed off the diving board. I don't think he pushed her off the diving board, though. <laughs> I think he just, like, said, yeah, go ahead and dive. And she was like, hey, I'm drunk. And then I think she <laughs> fell into, or, like, dove into the pool and hit the bottom and broke her neck. Like, she dove off the balcony or something. But I kind of think, wouldn't she be not Nick's, the, the actress didn't look like she was Nick's age. And that comment about uh, everybody needs a mother made me think maybe that was her daughter. I don't know. I'm just guessing here. Um, okay. Well, I have got a lot of lot of comments about uh, Adam's actions and Adam, you know, Billy, Victor. Um, so I'm going to read what your guys is, you know, what you guys were thinking this week as far as Adam. Uh, Ellen left a comment at yrchat.com that says, I want to see Billy finally take appropriate responsibility for his role in Delia's death. Adam's life was ruined because Billy did not use good judgment when he left Delia in the car, dressed in black, at night, on a dark road, with an unruly dog by her side. Delia's death was an accident, and no court would ever find Adam guilty of anything, even negligent driving. The only thing Adam is guilty of is the cover-up. I feel he suffered enough. Billy's the one who needs to pay and learn to take responsibility for his actions. Um, Gary left on his voicemail. Uh, was, he was kind of talking a little bit about, you know, is there any point in ever even trying to make it make us think that someone else killed Delia? Because there was other theories at the time. Remember, uh, it seemed like uh, Nikki. they had a scene of Nikki driving the car. We 
theory. I mean, that was there. So obviously, that YNR had other ideas. I mean, they didn't know what they were going to do with the storyline. And I think that's the other thing that ticks me off. I think they just pinned it all on Adam because Michael Mooney was was leaving the show, and then that completely screwed up the character and the landscape for a while. And now we got to find a way out of it. I feel like they started this whole thing. You never pin a major uh, a major crime on a main character, and they did. And in my mind, it just screwed everything up because now we got to deal with all of this insanity. But uh, Gary was saying it doesn't matter if you know, even if they brought somebody else in and say, to say that they killed Delia. Adam's sin is that he tried to cover it up, not that he actually did it. I like uh, I like putting it that way, and it's very true. Consuela at YRChat.com says, I don't know if I exactly want to see Adam go to jail, but I think he deserves to get punished by Billy. The reason I say I don't want to see Adam go to jail is because I think things will be more interesting with him out, and I want to see Adam and Sage's relationship take a turn. I want them to have to rely on each other and get closer, especially if the baby turns out to be his. Um, yeah, I, 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 I kind of find that to be interesting, too. And, and also, Christy left me a comment on YouTube saying, I think Sage's baby is Adam's. And just a little kind of sidetrack is, I don't understand why that's off the table now. It almost seemed like, no, 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 everybody forget about the fact that she slept with Adam. It's definitely Nick's baby. <laughs> and I don't know if that's going to end up to be true. I, I, I guess I could be open to some possible chemistry between Sage and Adam, but I mean, maybe that's what they're working toward. Maybe they're kind of going to migrate Sage toward a relationship with Adam and then bring Chelsea and Nick in for that edge of the, of the, not triangle, but, you know, the square, the love square. Uh, Victoria at YRChat.com says, I'm so sick of the writers making Adam a bad guy. Uh, if ever, if, uh, no, everyone would quickly forgive Nick and jump to his defense and rule it as an accident. And I think that's an interesting point that a couple people have made. Uh, if someone else were driving the car, would it have made a difference um, in the way that people reacted to it? Um, Katie on Facebook says, I think Chelsea has spent too much time with Adam. What she's, what she did was low and selfish, a classic Adam move. It wasn't about justice. All she cared about was you hurt me and now I'm going to hurt you. It was all about revenge. Uh, that way she threw Jack under the bus. The fact that she, excuse me, the way she threw Jack under the bus, the fact that she refused to accept blame or responsibility for her actions, classic Mrs. Adam Newman. Ooh, burn. Um, I think I'll finish up just on here. Um, Bobby on Facebook says, Justin is so great as Adam. I think I like him better than Michael Mooney, and I liked him a lot. Uh, Victor with the baby Christian was fantastic acting on Eric Braden's part, but whoa, where did that come from? I think Eric was tapping into some real emotion there. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I really agree on both fronts. Totally impressed with just Justin Hartley. I don't know if I necessarily like him better than Mooney. Um, what do you guys think? That's another good question. Which, you know, now that we're really, like, getting into the sauce of of, of Justin Hartley, who do you prefer? Uh, do you like uh, his his uh, adaptation of Adam Newman, or are you still in Camp Mooney? So two weeks ago, I started a new feature at YRChat.com where uh, I pluck out a quote from the week of YNR, and it's sort of, and I ask you guys to kind of blindly guess who said it. 
And there was this amazing quote this week that I think I think it really summarizes the status of YNR right now and, and everything that I've been talking about with heroes and villains and everything. It's just such a good quote. And in fact, um, January had sent me an email and she she noticed this quote too and said this would be great for who said it. I actually already picked out that quote. So January, you're already going to know the answer to this. Uh, but it's just so fantastic. I want to throw it out there to you guys and you see if you can tell me who said it. Here it is. If everybody got what they deserved, I'm not sure this would be a whole lot better world. It's, isn't that such a great quote? It really sums it up. I mean, we're watching a show. It's not necessarily about everybody getting what they deserved on the, you know, on the show. It's not even necessarily about everybody getting what they deserved in life. You know, we're, you know, there's so many ways to interpret that little chunk of wisdom, too. I mean, uh, you know, what if in the world everybody got what they deserved? How would you fare? How, you know, I mean, and I think maybe this person might have been speaking with some experience. Uh, I don't know. If everybody got what they deserved, I'm not sure this would be a whole lot better world. YRChat.com is where you can go and leave me your guess. Let me know if you can figure out who said it and the answer to last week's who said it. Here's the quote. I wake up every day riddled with regret. The answer, of course, is Adam. I know a couple people were like, you, you, you wouldn't make it that obvious, would you? Well, actually, yes, I did. <laughs> I thought maybe I'd trick you a little bit. I, I mean, pretty much most people guessed it, but it, it's so applicable. It could have been Neil that said it. It could have been Paul that said it. It could have been any number of other characters that said it. But uh, I think I think this is a fun little feature because it sort of forces us all to really, really watch the show intently, right? Now, last week's Who Said It was tied to a Soap for Soap fans giveaway. So if you in any way made a, 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 a guessed Who Said It last week, or if you just emailed me and expressed interest in the soap, like I got everybody uh, into the drawing. It didn't matter if you got the answer right or not, but uh, I've got you all entered into this week's uh random drawing for this bar of pumpkin spice homemade by Allie soap. <laughs> so one of you guys is going to win it. I got like a record number of entries. I'm just shocked. I don't I don't know um, if everybody just really wanted to throw it in their hat to, to say who said it, but I've got your, all of your names in my bowl here. It's not a fishbowl, Gary. This is... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if this is the same bowl I've been using, but it's Pyrex. It's vintage Pyrex. I love this bowl. I, I like. I love this bowl, and I love YNR and YNR chatters. I'm, I picked my favorite bowl for you. <laughs> so I've got all of your names in here. I've mixed them to an insane degree, and I'm gonna close my eyes and pick the winner of the bar of soap. And if you didn't win, by the way, or if you don't win, I don't want you to be disappointed because check back next week. Oh, I've got something big, big, big planned. I think you guys are really going to love it. I've outdone myself when it comes to the Soap for Soap fans. So, so check back this uh, next week, no doubt. All right, so let's see. I've got a winner in my hand right here. Let's open her up and see who wins. And the winner is Astra. 
<laughs> I got an email from Astra. Like one of the things I love is this is like I'm getting to know you guys. Like I'm on, like I know who you are. I recognize your names, and that's so cool. Congratulations, Astra! You won the bar of soap. I can't wait to send it to you. I have probably already contacted you at this point. I think you're going to love it. Okay, soap fans, that does it for me for this week. Of course, you are free to leave me your comments uh, anywhere and everywhere. The voicemail number is 309-588-4569. Go to yrchat.com to leave comments on the blog. Also, vote in the poll. Leave your guess for who said it. There's lots of other fun stuff there. You can find my Facebook and Twitter page right from yrchat.com. You can send messages messages there. However you like to communicate, I, I want to keep that channel open, and, and I'm so excited to hear what you guys have to say. So, everybody, have an awesome week. Don't forget to check back next week. It'll be a fun one. I love you, and I'll see you next time. Bye!